Dozens of men, women, and children arrive at the Yemen American Benevolent Association in the south end of Dearborn for a town hall meeting. The auditorium fills up as members of Michigan's various political offices wait on the other side of the room, waiting to hear the concerns of their constituents. But most of the questions are directed towards the people tasked with enforcing the travel ban enacted by the U.S. government, the officials working at Detroit's United States Citizenship and Immigration Services office. Among those asking questions is Moad Noman of Hamtramck. He says he's been living in the U.S. since he came over as a 13-year-old to join his father in 1999. Now everybody is here except uh, one of my sisters who's married uh, with her, uh, her family back home in Yemen. And we're trying our best to get her here, but it looks like it's getting harder and harder every year. According to Noman, his father originally applied to sponsor his sister in 2005. That was during the Bush-era crackdown on Muslim immigration in response to the 9-11 attacks. He says his family has been waiting 12 years for his sister to join them in the U.S. During that time, his sister got married and had children of her own. Making matters even more complicated, Noman says his father died in the years waiting for his daughter's paperwork to clear. When I applied again and asked them to uh, move the case forward, they asked us to uh, have some sponsorship uh, paperwork from dad. So we told them that dad passed away because obviously it's a lengthy process. So they, they just revoked the case. Uh, after 12 years, they revoked the case. I cannot believe this. What the executive order have done is made a bad situation worse. That's Abdul Hakim Al-Sadeh, president of the National Association of Yemeni Americans. His organization helps Metro Detroit's Yemeni community with a variety of social services. But since the executive order was signed, he has been working overtime. He says nearly all Yemeni Americans have direct relatives such as parents, spouses, or siblings currently living in their native country. Al-Sada says it's been difficult for all people affected by the executive order, but it's especially rough for those emigrating from Yemen. It's different because there is no American embassy in Yemen. It's been closed for the last two and a half years. American citizens that wanted to bring their, their families, they have to get out of Yemen to go to other countries so they could apply. Al-Sada says Yemeni Americans travel to Malaysia, Djibouti, and a host of other countries with lax visa laws. There, they wait months, sometimes years, for the U.S. to approve the immigration paperwork, DNA test, and blood samples they submit. He says the vetting process was rigorous even before the executive order was signed. Given the sanctions put on Yemen by the U.S. and the difficulty of even getting out of the country, Al-Sada says Yemeni people must spend hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars simply to begin the immigration process. So if you're in Malaysia, for example... Imagine, you need a birth certificate. You need to go back to Yemen so you can get a birth certificate. That's how hard it's been for Yemenis in the last three years. According to the CIA, Yemen has a per capita gross domestic product of $2,500, making it one of the poorest countries in the world. By comparison, the U.S. has a per capita GDP of more than $57,000. Al-Sada says life in Yemen is deteriorating. There is no production. There is no jobs. There is... There is no money. There is no shortages of food. Uh, the health system has basically vanished. The educational system has vanished. So that's where the situation is. And there's violence in Yemen. The U.S. State Department says it suspended operations at the American embassy in the Yemeni capital of Sana'a in 2015 due to the city's deteriorating security situation. 
The director of the Center for Arab American Studies at the University of Michigan-Dearborn, Sally Howell, says Yemen has been embroiled in both an internal and external conflict. The Houthi group took over the government and the Saudis are bombing pretty indiscriminately. Immigration to the U.S. has reached new heights following the Arab Spring in 2011. But Howell says the Yemeni community in Metro Detroit has been well-established for nearly 100 years. Yemeni merchant marines came to Detroit in the 1920s to join the growing auto industry and labor movement. Various waves of immigrants followed, chasing prospects throughout the 20th century. In the beginning, Yemeni auto workers would send part of their paychecks to their family back home. But Howell says a real shift happened in Metro Detroit's Yemeni community during the late 1980s. You saw a new migration of a lot of families coming here. So um, in the 60s, 70s, maybe early 80s, it was mostly a male population. Howell says those families established themselves in Detroit, the south end of Dearborn, and Hamtramck, following the destruction of Poletown when the neighborhood was dismantled to make way for a new General Motors plant in 1981. The Yemenis, um, who were sort of new to having families here, living in this space that had suddenly been abandoned and was now dangerous, they started doing all sorts of creative things, like working with the police to patrol the neighborhood. Howell says the efforts to restore their new communities helped revitalize the neighborhoods, further establishing Yemenis within Metro Detroit. She says Yemeni Americans continue to center their lives around the mosques they established, like Muath Benjabil, which helped make Hamtramck the country's first majority Muslim city. Yemeni Americans even made their way onto its governments. Hamtramck City Council member Saad Al-Masmari says he came to the U.S. in 2009. This is the land of opportunity because people comes to, come to here to finish their education, to improve their economy life, or to live a good life here. Still, for someone like Moad Noman, the U.S. does not necessarily feel like a land of opportunity at the moment. As Yemeni Americans in the United States, we are being treated differently. We feel that we are second-class citizens and that we don't get our uh, civil rights as uh, any other American living in, under the skies of USA. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals put President Trump's travel ban on Yemen and six other majority Muslim countries on hold. Afterwards, the Justice Department filed a 47-page brief saying the president intends to rescind the order and replace it to eliminate, quote, what the panel erroneously thought were constitutional concerns. Mr. Trump told reporters that he will deliver a modified executive order instead of appealing the judge's ruling in the near future. For WDET News, I'm Eli Newman.